Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so <laughs> start this by saying that um, today was supposed to be the first day of school for Killian, but the school district has gone on strike today. So um, we are next to a school. And so, you know, teachers are outside with their signs and they're getting honked out a lot. So uh, <laughs> especially by semis, which makes me think that like a, a natural disaster is happening. Um, <laughs> when they honk. So uh, you're probably going to hear some honking. Maybe not, uh, but probably. And uh, that's what's going on. I, my window is, you know, slightly open from our AC unit. So so nothing I could do about it. Sorry. Also, you know, go teachers. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've only heard it once, so yeah. I it don't think it's a lot more this morning. I wonder if there was like a, you know, they were just going to be there for some hours and now it's done. Cause I haven't heard any in like half an hour, but, or maybe they yeah. just take a little lunch break. I don't know. So I mean, it's about that time. It's, yeah. it's noon. So. <laughs> so, so we'll see. Uh, yeah. So hopefully it'll, it'll be fine. But if you, if it sounds like there's sirens happening in the end of the world, it's just semi trucks honking. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so today we're talking about season nine, episode 22, called Stairway to Heaven. Now, I watched this episode, like, I don't know, a month or two ago, because I was like, I don't know, Killian and I were watching an episode that we were about to podcast, and I was like, and we're just going to keep going to the end of season, and Killian was like, okay, so uh, <laughs> I remember enjoying it. It was interesting. I watched it again last night to, like, actually do notes about, and I was so annoyed the whole time with Dean. I just wanted to just, you know, <laughs> slap him in the face and be like dude get your shit together um, yeah and it, it was he frustrating for me it might have been that I had just like consumed way too much curry and had no tolerance for his bullshit but like <laughs> I was just <laughs> curry and your tolerance for bullshit go together <laughs> okay listen if you eat enough curry and to the point where you feel that <laughs> that sick and full like I mean, that's you don't have a lot of tolerance <laughs> for bullshit I find no. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So in my defense, it was my birthday and that's why. So I thought, hey, you know what? You can eat all this curry. That's okay. So that's why that happened. So, nah. I mean, I'm probably going to do that this weekend because Travis is gone and he doesn't like curry. So I'm going to go get some curry. You know? Yeah, do it. Yeah. I'm a, a Although I also curry. learned. So like huh. I have a friend who's Indian mm-hmm. who um, owns the Indian restaurant that I like to go get um food at and she taught me literally the other day that like it's not called curry they call it gravy (laughs) I did hear that yeah yeah yeah. and like curry is like the type so like if you oh I might get this wrong but I think she said it was like you know with the vegetables and the spices and all that sort of stuff before it gets made into like the gravy like that's curry is like okay, so the like the more like vinegared kind of like no no vindaloo? no like okay so it's just it's just that the ingredients without the like sauce basically I think so yeah I I mean I think it's like curry is like the mixture of spices on you know whatever you okay. know, meat and veggies or whatever that you want and then mm-hmm. it turns into gravy once you add the you know liquid the gravy got it form. I, did not know I could be totally wrong don't quote me on that but I thought it was interesting that she's like yeah everybody calls it curry and it's not really curry there's only like a couple of dishes that are like curry dishes mm-hmm. 
and then like everything else is gravy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Varieties. That's so funny. I mean, and all the like menus and stuff, it's under like curries. I mean, I guess yeah. that's not true at every place. That is true in Thai restaurants though, which maybe that's different. You know? Yeah. Oh maybe. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah totally. Different. I mean, obviously like, it's different, but like maybe the name for it is different, and that's why. So yeah, I guess yeah. now that I'm thinking about it in the restaurants that I've been to anyways, it's like vegetable dishes. And then it talks about mm-hmm. that as opposed to being like a curry section or like chicken or like, you know, that's sort yeah. of thing. So, that yeah. Sense. It's like yeah. in there. I mean, it's not, if you look at the names of things, it's like, you know, uh, Vindaloo or whatever, yeah, you know, like it's not, yeah. there's no curry anywhere in the name unless you like, there are some dishes though that have curry in the name and that's, you know, so. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I learned that. Call it curry. I, I yeah. learned a new thing. <laughs> I'm still going to call it curry because. Oh, yeah. I mean, like. Maybe just not to them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can I have this, you know, whatever, please? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now I want some more that we're talking about it. And also now I want Thai curry and I could just keep going. I like food. Okay. (laughs) So do I. (laughs) Blanket statement there. Big fan of it. Okay. Um, Okay. So today. Did I say this already? I feel like I did. Okay. Doing it again. Season nine, episode 22, called Stairway to Heaven. So we start out in an ice cream shop. We're in Dixon, Missouri. Um, uh, a few people are sitting at the counter. There's a lady who is like the epitome of a Karen. Okay. But like in a yeah. mom <laughs> way. Yeah. Um, she, she and her young son are ordering ice cream at the register. Uh, she says to the employee, yeah, give me one scoop of the no-fat, non-dairy vanilla with a quarter teaspoon of the sugar-free caramel and 10, not nine, not 11, blueberries. Got like, it. Do you hate yourself that much? You know, like, if you're going to get ice cream, just get ice cream. Why does the one count bowl of, of ice cream does not matter? equal a pants size, you know? Like, yeah, and you ate eight ice cream. She's yeah. not even being specific about the size of ice cream. I mean, sure, whatever, but, like. Okay, you said your ice cream requirements, but, like, why are you limiting how many blueberries you have? Yeah. It's not like an extra blueberry is going to fuck you up. Like, No, it's just somebody who wants to make people jump through hoops. It's somebody who wants to make people jump through hoops and can't, because, (laughs) because she can't be happy. (laughs) She's got to make everybody else around her miserable, and that's. What's wrong with Karens? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that they are miserable people and have to make everybody around them miserable too because they can't even be around themselves. Mm-hmm. That's my yeah. soapbox. I'm getting off of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, so the employee at the register stares at the woman in disbelief uh, and then she talks to her son. She says, What do you want, honey? The boy looks at a young girl sitting in a booth kind of behind them, and she is eating a huge banana split. The boy says that. So the lady approaches the little girl and says, excuse me, I know this is none of my business, but the little girl says, you're right. It's not. Go away. (laughs) Good for you, little girl. Yeah. Because here's the thing. It's like, yeah, is that little kid being a total snot? Yes. However... To that specific person, and it just makes you giggle a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not unhappy with it at all. No. Uh, the lady says to her, where are your parents? The girl says, I don't have parents. I'm an angel. The lady says, yeah, you're a little angel. Does your mother know you're sitting here eating diabetes? <laughs> uh, 
Okay, sorry. Like, you just asked your kid what he wanted, and he said that, and you literally came over to ask what it was so you could order it for your kid. So are you saying that, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, why why are you knocking somebody else for doing the same thing? But that's fine. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so a man walks in the door, uh, looks around, and as soon as he sees the little angel girl, uh, he catches her eye, and she uh, becomes alarmed. The little girl says to the Karen lady, you need to run. The lady says, what? Uh, the girl turns to the lady and her goes, eyes. Bitch, did I stutter? <laughs> yeah, right? Her eyes flash like angel blue and she yells, now. So the man who just came in the door rushes over to the girl angel. And then suddenly we, as viewers, are outside of the ice cream shop, uh, which is named Colonel Scoops. <laughs> and uh, the shop kind of explodes in like a flash of bright angel light and glass shoots out onto the street. And then we get our opening title sequence. So I just feel bad for the employees there, man. Like, first you got to deal with Karen, and then you got to explode. Like, come on. I know. <laughs> it's a shitty day. Okay, so. A bad day at an ice cream shop. <laughs> I know. Fuck. Okay, so we cut to Sam's room. Uh, he's asleep on his bed. We see a hand kind of enter the TV frame and super loud rock song starts playing. Sam jerks awake and pulls a gun on the intruder. And we see that it is just Dean Winchester. Dean turns off the music and says, nice reflexes. Better hair. <laughs> and I can't remember now what Sam's hair looked like in that moment. Was it just like, you know, bedhead or was it like poofy? Like, what was it doing? I don't honestly remember because I think I was like writing something down when that happened mm -hmm. so I remember like looking up at the hair situation and just being like okay you know like I don't... It, it probably just looked normal and Dean was just like having a dig yeah, okay. yeah he was just kind of like ah, ha, 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 nice hair dude you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Sam says what's wrong with you I could have shot you he checks his watch and says why aren't you sleeping we got in like two hours ago Dean says not tired and we got work to do so put on your dancing shoes and let's boogie so we cut to a short time later in the main room uh, of the bunker. Sam walks in with a cup of coffee and Dean is packing his duffel bag on the table. Sam says, all right, what's up? Dean says, I called Cass. He said there was something going down in Missouri. Sam says, what kind of something? Dean says, he said he couldn't talk about it over the phone. Sam says, why? Dean says, because he's a weird guy, okay? He's a weird, dorky little guy, but he happens to have an army of angels behind him. And even though I hate to say it, if we're going to take a shot at Metatron, they might be useful. So Dean goes to put the first blade, which is kind of wrapped up in a cloth, uh, into his duffel bag. But Sam notices and says with concern, well, do you think we need the first blade? Why don't we just leave that here? Dean says, we talked about this and we decided that. Sam says, no, in all fairness, we didn't decide. You did. Dean says, okay, I decided that a hockey stick that can kill anything might come in handy. So sue me. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's true. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that does make sense, really. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, uh... Okay, Sam says, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, well, who's talking? Okay, <laughs> Sam says, how many times have we been around this block? Magic that powerful comes at a price. And right now, we don't know what that price is. Dean says, I'm fine. I'm fan friggin' tastic. Sam says, and I'm glad, honestly, I'm not saying we bury the thing. I'm saying we just save it for when we really need it. Crowley, Metatron, the big boss fights. You don't have to have it with you all the time, right? I mean, we just leave it, please. 
So Dean sets the blade down and says, no problem. Sam says, thank you. Okay, not to like be pro, you know, first blade, but like, how do you know when you're going to need it? Honestly, there are times that you're going, yes, we are going after Metatron today, but also like that shit can just sneak up on you at any time, really. You know? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I would want to be prepared all the time. That's like, they you should know, have oh, well. Yeah, I mean, maybe just keep it in the trunk. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Have it close by. Even then, you could still be stuck without it when you need it. So, like, I understand Dean's point, but, I mean, obviously, we know that Dean is, like, addicted to it. You know, he's got and a problem. That's <laughs> why he wants it with him. You know what I mean? And he's just justifying it with this, you know, logic or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, so I, get, I get it, but, you know, still. I think you think yeah. Sam would, would realize the usefulness of that. Yeah, I don't know. They need a system. Maybe Sam yeah. needs to carry it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So yeah. uh, 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 we cut to outside the exploded Colonel Scoops. Sam and Dean approach a deputy uh, on duty outside. They go to pull out their badges, but before they can flip them open, um, she says to them, Agent Spears and Aguilera, FBI? Dean <laughs> says, <laughs> Dean says, uh-huh. The deputy says, your partner said you'd be along. Sam says, thank you. So they go inside and greet Cass, who's been talking with the sheriff. He walks over to them and says, thank you for coming. Sam says, Spears and Aguilera. Cass <laughs> says, I've noticed your aliases are usually the names of popular music- musicians. Dean says, wow. He's <laughs> like, really? But Britney Spears, <laughs> do you think I'm that kind of person? <laughs> I do now. Uh, Kat says, come here, take a look at this. Uh, they approach a body on a gurney, and we see her eyes are burned out of her head. Cass says, look, and the other bodies are the same, burnt out husks. Dean says, okay, so what is this, some sort of mass smiting? Cass says, I don't know what this was. I've never seen anything like it. Six humans died here and one angel. Sam says, one of yours? Cass nods and says, was a good soldier. This attack? I know he wanted a war, but this, this is abhorrent, even for him. So we cut to Metatron sitting in front of a mirror in his office. Not sitting, he's standing in front of a, a full-length mirror in his office. And he is trying on a trench coat. Okay. so rat bastard. I was like, I completely forgot about this. And when I was watching it last night, I was like, ah! That does you not. Son of a bitch. I was like, no, that does not work on you. Okay, yeah, the no. power does not come from the trench coat, Mister. Okay, sorry. I mean, but does it though? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. It just, it was so offended. I was like, how dare you? <laughs> so I wouldn't have how been that upset if you put on like, yeah, like if you put on a flannel, I wouldn't have been like that. But for some reason, like, no, one angel gets to wear a trench coat, and it ain't you. Like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Like, nice try there, buddy. Okay, so someone knocks on the door. Uh, Metatron, like, fumbles to take off the coat quickly. Uh, Because he got caught doing something he knows he's uh, going to do. Yep. He yells, uh, just a second. And he gets the coat off real quickly and puts it over the back of a chair. Uh, A second later, Gadriel enters the room, and Metatron glares at him. Gadriel says, I gave you a second. Metatron says, you are such an angel sometimes what do you want <laughs> Goodreel says to talk about tonight metatron says we'll be fine Goodreel says no we're we're losing metatron castile's followers outnumber us and while they haven't gone on the offense they have proven capable 
They stopped you from killing him and me, for example. Metatron says, I told you. We had our shot with Operation Lee Harvey, and we took it. I gave the orders. You weren't to be harmed. Gadriel says, you had me followed. Metatron says, yeah, and you met with the enemy in secret. What's that old line about sins and stones? Gadriel says, he spoke, he lied, and I listened. That's it. But I serve heaven. I serve you. Metatron says, good. Don't forget it. I mean, I don't get this whole cast love fest either. I'm offering our people a way home, and still, still, they're choosing him over me. I mean, sure, he's cute, and Castiel has this simple charm. He's like a <laughs> mentally deficient puppy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, all that's kind of true. It's not wrong. Uh, it's in a not great right, way. But it's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Metatron says, uh, but I'm lovable and funny. I made God laugh twice. <laughs> okay, Metatron, sure. Gadriel says. I mean, like, fine, but like. Was he laughing with or at you? you know? <laughs> <laughs> yep, right. <laughs> Gadriel says, you're the one who asked him to lead an army. Metatron says, well, I didn't think he'd be good at it. Gadriel <laughs> says, you're meeting tonight, Tyrus. He controls the largest independent faction of angels left. And Metatron says, and I have to make a good impression. I know. I've got a plan. Gadriel motions to the trench coat on the back of the chair and says, it's not that, is it? Metatron says, shut up! <laughs> I like In other words, that. Yes. <laughs> yes it, it is that. Okay, so we cut to Cass, Sam, and Dean entering Castiel's uh, command center. Uh, there are angels around everywhere. Hannah stands up to greet them. She says, Commander. Dean mutters, Oh, it's just creepy. <laughs> Cass says, Sam, Dean, this is Hannah. Hannah says, The Winchesters. I've heard so much about you. Dean says, what can I say? Cass is a fan. Which, um, don't be a dick, man. You're being kind of a dick. Like, I think he was trying to be funny, but also at the same time, like, it was funny. Yourself, it was a little <laughs> Yeah, okay. So, uh, an angel in a red shirt takes a box of evidence that Cass is holding and says, I'll start to examine this evidence. Dean says, oh, uh, Hannah says, sir, this morning, Josiah wasn't at roll call. Roll call. I think I just said row call. Okay. Sam says, oh, roll call. I said it again. Roll call. Wow. Okay. I'm just going to have a drink of coffee and start that all over. <laughs> It'll be okay. I don't know if it's going to be okay. Okay. Sam says, roll call. You hold a roll call? Cass says, they like to hear me say their names. <laughs> <laughs> to which I lol. <laughs> I know. I like it a lot. I would be fine if you said my name. Um, Dean says, I know a couple women like that. You <laughs> would know a couple you women would, like yeah. that. <laughs> Hannah says, no one's seen Josiah since Ezra was murdered. We think that, Sam says, you think Josiah is the killer, that he's the mole. Hannah says, well, who else? We searched the grounds, but he's vanished. Dean says, not without wings. He's an angel, but he's still got to travel like he's a human, which means walk, drive, which means he's going to leave a trail. Sam sits down at a computer and says, all right, what was his vessel's name? Cass says, Sean Flynn from Omaha. Sam, says, Sam pulls up a picture of, of Sean's... Am I just butchering this completely? No, okay. <sighs> okay. Sam pulls up, <laughs> I'm struggling, but that's fine. <sighs> Sam pulls up a picture of Sean's driver's license. 
He turns the computer screen to show them and says, this is the guy? Cass says, yeah, that's him. Sam says, all right, looks like someone just used his credit card at a gas and sip in Colorado. Dean says, and that's how we do things in the pros. Uh, the red shirt angel says, Commander, I have something. This phone's memory chip has a video time stamped just before the explosion. He plays it, and the video shows the footage from inside of Colonel Scoops. Uh, the customer on the footage, just some random dude, says, and now the moment you've all been waiting for. The Karen lady says in the background, what? And the little angel girl says, no. And we see a man rip open his coat to reveal a sigil carved into his chest. He stabs an angel blade through his chest as he yells, I do this for Castiel. And then the whole ice cream shop explodes and the video goes dead. Dean says, what the hell was that? Cass says, I don't know. I did it. I would never ask an angel to sacrifice himself to kill innocents. I'm going to be sick. To which I was thinking immediately, do angels vomit? Is that a thing? <laughs> I was really uh, like, well, what? Like, we've never really seen a vomiting angel even moments of like i mean they don't eat so i would or they don't have to eat so i would assume that they probably don't vomit (laughs) yeah so i was just like Cass is gonna what maybe he's gonna dry heave i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i guess i yeah okay (laughs) anyway yeah i just i needed that answer sam says Cass, why would an angel blow up colonel scoops in your name hannah says that's not what he was doing roll it back there And Hannah points to the girl, the little angel girl in the booth. She says, that was an angel. Esther, she's one of Metatron's. Sam says, so this was some kind of hit? Cass says, I don't know. Dean says, stop. Okay. (laughs) Dean says, stop saying you don't know. Cass says, you can't think I would allow something like this. Dean says, Cass, I know you try to be a good guy. Okay. I do. You try. But what you've got here, this is a freaking cult, which I don't necessarily agree with. Maybe it's because we know, like, as viewers, how Cass ended up in this situation. But yeah. it really seemed very culty to me. Honestly, it just seems like a... I mean, to me, it kind of does, but only because, like, of the followers, not because of the leader. Okay, I see what you're you saying. Know? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know. It seemed yeah. a little off to me, but okay. Um, Cass says, Dean. Dean says, and the last time he had this kind of juice, you did kill humans and angels, and he did nothing but lie to me and Sam about it the whole damn time. Sam says, can we uh, can we take this somewhere else, guys? So they go into Cass's private office. Sam says, will you steal the baggage, Dean? Look, we've got a case. Let's work it. Cass, did you know the angel in that video? Cass says, yes, his name is Oren. He was a new recruit. He worked in community outreach. Dean says, and what does that mean? Cass says, some of my troops, some of my troops are stationed at a local hospital. They help where they can. Minor miracles. It's nothing that would uh, attract attention. Sam says, so what was he doing in that video with the stabbing? Cass says, the Enochian ruins that were carved in his chest, I think they were meant to focus energy. When he stabbed himself, it unleashed all that power. Sam says, so what about that girl? What happened to her? Cass says, if she was the target, if the blast was focused on her, then more likely than not, she she was atomized. So what do we do now? Dean says, well, you don't do Jack. Me and Sam will head to the hospital, see if we can find somebody who knew this walking nuke. 
Cass says, hold on, these are my people. I can help. Dean says, well, that's sort of the problem. I mean, the Manson girls aren't going to give us a straight answer with Charlie in the room, so just hang back. Cass says, so I should just sit here? Dean says, pretty much. Cass says, no, if you don't want my help, then I will follow Josiah's trail to Colorado. I have to do something, Dean. Dean says, all right, fine, but Sam's coming with you. Sam says, what? Cass says, because you don't trust me? Dean says, to help. So we cut to Sam and Cass driving down the road in Cass's pimp mobile. (laughs) (laughs) Cass says, Abaddon is dead. Sam says, and then some. Cass says, oh, no. Sam says, okay, uh, ominous. Cass says, does Dean seem different to you? Sam says, yeah, lately he seems to be amped up, you know, on edge. Cass says, effects in the mark. Sam says, what else? Cass says, he does seem angry. I mean, he's always a little angry, but now it seems like more. I think part of him actually believed that I ordered those angels to, you know. Sam, you don't, do you? Sam says, no, man. Cass, listen, you got a weird thing going on back there. Those other angels, the way they stare at you. It's like you're part rock star, part L. Ron. <laughs> I'm just going to laugh at that. Uh, Cass says they put their faith in me Sam says and maybe that's the problem I mean people have been doing messed up crap in the name of faith and the name of God since forever Cass says well I'm not trying to play God I'm just trying to get my people home so we cut to Metatron and Gadriel watching a large man named Tyrus throw a bowling ball down a lane he gets a strike Metatron says yes well done Tyrus says, it's such a simple game. And boy, you got to love the sound of those pins. Metatron says, beautiful. A symphony of wood. So, I'm going to do that too. <laughs> 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 oh, wow. Okay. Metatron says, so, you've heard our offer. Tyrus says, yeah, I signed on the dotted line. And well, my people, they get a ticket upstairs. What if we don't want to go? Gadriel says, but it's home. Tyrus says, it's boring. I mean, you, th- there's nothing like this in heaven. Metatron says, I could whip you up a bowling alley. Tyrus says, eh, but it wouldn't. I mean, just smell that. Mmm. Gadriel <laughs> says, old shoes and alcoholism? Like, that's not good. <laughs> I know. <smell. laughs> Tyrus says, authenticity. I can't say it. Authenticity. I can't say it. Authenticity. Authenticity. There you no, go. That's but, not right. Is no, that, that right? Be, I don't know. Now, I, now you've confused me. <laughs> it's better than what I said. We're going to go with it. Okay. Metatron says, so, wait, you're turning me down because of bowling? Tyrus says, and I like being an independent operator. And I hear you're losing. And I hate your face. <laughs> I, mean, I like this do. guy. Yep. <laughs> Metatron says, well, I could get a new face. Tyra says, you'd still be you, a nerd trying to be one of the popular kids. Mm-mm. <laughs> Metatron says, okay, time for the hard sell. And his angel blade pops out of his sleeve. Tyra says, please, you knife me, and all my guys will go running to Castiel. Even you're not that stupid. But tell you what, huh? You outbull me. We'll talk. <laughs> so we cut to Sam and Cass at the Gas and Sip in Colorado talking to the store employee. The employee says, man, yeah, I saw him, officer. He filled up some old Woody's station wagon. 
Sam says, you don't, oh, Sam says, don't suppose you uh, got the license plate number. The employee says, no, but he was headed to an address in Prey, Montana. Cass says, how do you know that? The employee says, guy asked for directions. Sam says, oh. The employee says, uh, you want me to write that down? Sam says, yes, now, please. So we cut to Dean, still in the command center. He is questioning a female angel in a doctor's coat. They're sitting across the table from each other in a room that kind of looks like a boiler room, but I think it's just the interrogation room. That's what it looked like to me. You have no idea. Yeah. Dean says, what do I call you? The angel says, uh, my angelic name is 18 syllables long. Let's stick with Flagstaff. Dean says, copy. So you knew this Oren guy? Flagstaff says, we work together at the hospital. He was a joy, right? Full of life. Dean says, yeah, I hear he had a real explosive personality. <laughs> Flagstaff says, do you think this is a joke? Dean says, do you see me laughing? Is there anything else you can tell me about him? For example, why he'd light his own fuse? Flagstaff says, no. Can I go? I have lives to save. Dean says, welcome to the club. Flagstaff laughs a little bit, and Dean says, something funny? Flagstaff says, not funny, haha, but you thinking you help people, it's amusing. I help people. A clogged artery here, a tumor there. I do good in this world. You, you believe every problem can be solved with a gun. You play the hero, but underneath the hype, you're a killer with oceans of blood on his hands. I hate men like you. Uh, Dean stares calmly at her and then jumps to his feet and throws the table between them aside. He knocks Flagstaff and her chair backwards, but catches them before they hit the ground and puts an angel blade to her throat. Dean says, honey, there ain't no other men like me. Flagstaff <laughs> is like super scared and she begs, don't, please. Dean says, Oren, friends. Flagstaff says, Constantine and Tessa. Dean says, Tessa, the Reaper Tessa? Flagstaff says, you know her? So we cut to Sam and Cass pulling up outside a warehouse in Prey, Montana. Sam says, that looks like the car the guy at the gas station was talking about, right? Maybe Josiah's still around. Cass says, Sam, this place is radiating power. I haven't felt anything like this since, since heaven. We have to get in there. Uh, Sam says, sorry, my notes are like all over the place with arrows here. Um, I'm just going to guess what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> Sam says, <laughs> All right, and then tries to manhandle the door open. Uh, that doesn't work, so he tries to lockpick it. Um, Cass says, step aside. I got this. So Cass, <laughs> so like, sure himself. <laughs> I know. Cass throws his body into the door repeatedly and jiggles the handle a few times, but nothing happens. Cass says, I don't got this. So <laughs> He's so disappointed in himself. He's like, stand aside. I have this. I know, like, right? We're good. I, I know what to do. And then he's like, <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's very cute. Uh, so he comes to outside of an auditorium. People are walking up some stairs into the building. Tessa goes to walk up the stairs, but is stopped by Dean's voice as he steps out from behind a post. Dean says, howdy, Tessa. You're supposed to be working at the hospital tonight. But when I stopped by, you were gone. So was an ambulance. He looks at a parked ambulance nearby and says, pro tip, they all have GPS. Tessa says, good to know. So you're here. Why? You just love musical theater? Dean says, only if it's Fiddler. We need to talk. Tessa says, can't, sort of got a date. As she turns to leave, Dean grabs her jacket to pull her back, but accidentally reveals a part of a sigil carved into her chest. 
Dean says, not happening. She tries to jerk away, but Dean handcuffs her and pushes her up against the wall. Dean says, where's the other one? Where's Constantine? So we cut to Metatron slamming his used bowling shoes on the counter in disgust. Tyra says, better luck next time. <laughs> Metatron says, thanks. Suddenly, the angel named Constantine approaches them. Constantine yells, Metatron! And he rips open his shirt, uh, revealing the explodey sigil, and stabs a blade into his chest. He yells, I do this for Castiel! And there's a big bright blast, and Gadriel shields Metatron from the light. Uh, did not like that, Gadriel. You're already, like, over his shit. Why are you saving his life? Why don't you hide behind that little fuck? Like, <laughs> I know, right? Whoops, problem solved, you know. Killed <laughs> yourself, man, yeah. God, okay. So uh, we cut back to Sam and Cass still trying to get into the warehouse. Sam says, I checked all the windows and doors. No luck. What about you? You find anything? Cass says, I think so. And he holds up his hand, which kind of shines with a blue light. Uh, and it reveals on the building an Enochian spell above the doorway. He says, it's Enochian. I believe it's some sort of riddle. Why is six afraid of seven? Now, I assume it's because seven is a prime number, and prime numbers can be intimidating. <laughs> oh, little cat foot. <laughs> I love that. That is just, I mean, cause, and there's, I mean, that's pretty sound logic, really. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but again, very literal. Yeah. Sam <laughs> says, it's because seven, eight, nine, and the door suddenly opens with a loud creak. Which Cass is funny because it's like, you know that no angel would get that joke. You know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> None of them would. They'd be like, prime number? Is it because, like, you know, it's seven? I don't know. You know, like, it'd just be <laughs> exactly. like, it would be like the riddle of a century. You know, exactly. Like, exactly. Nobody's going to understand it. <laughs> so cute. Cass says, it's wordplay. And the answer is the key, like the doors of Durin and Lord of the Rings. Sam says, wait a second, you know about the Lord of the Rings? Cass says, I'm very pop culture savvy now. <laughs> uh, Sam's phone rings and he answers and says, hey. Dean says, how is he? Sam says, he's a, uh, he's Cass. What about you? How's it going? Dean says, great. Went out, got some air, met an old friend. Say hi to Sam, Tessa. Tessa yells, your brother's a psycho, Sam. <laughs> Dean says, ha ha, stop. Sam says, what's going on? Dean says, you first. So we cut to the commander room. Flagstaff is talking to Hannah and Redshirt Angel. Flagstaff says, I know he's the commander's friend and we're supposed to pretend we like him, but that ape put a knife to my throat. Uh, suddenly Dean and Tessa walk in. Tessa's still in handcuffs. Hannah says, Tessa, what are you doing? Dean says, you want to tell her? Tessa is silent, so Dean pulls back the top of her shirt to reveal the sigil, which he has obviously cut a gash across to make the sigil useless. Hannah says, oh, God. Tessa says, there's no God. There's only Castiel. Dean says, oh, and you're done. So Dean walks Tessa down a hallway. He's like, I've heard enough of this garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he walks her down a hallway and puts her into a warded room. Hannah and some others follow. Uh, Hannah says, you wounded her. Dean says, more like diffused, okay? I cut up that old testament graffiti she carved into herself. I figured that would break the spell. Red shirt angel says, and now, what will you do to her? Dean pulls out an angel blade from his jacket and says, guess. Flagstaff says, torture, predictable. Dean says, we need to know if there are other bombers out there. Hannah says, no, I won't allow it. 
I know what Tessa was planning. It's horrible, but there's only one person who can punish her. Dean says, let me guess. Yay big, trench coat, sensible shoes. <laughs> Hannah says, you have to understand that Castiel is the only thing holding us together. A month ago, half of the angels in this place were trying to kill the other half. Castiel has given us a purpose. But more than that, he has given us a way to live in peace. We have rules. Order. If I let you take matters into your own hands, what's to stop one of them from doing the same? You can talk to her. You should talk to her. But leave the blade outside. Dean says, are you asking or telling? Redshirt Angel says, we're not asking. So Dean and Redshirt have themselves a little staring contest. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, I know. <laughs> and then Dean like flips the blade handle first and hands it to Hannah. He then walks very calmly into the room with Tessa. So we cut to Sam and Cass searching the warehouse. Sam says, you sure you don't want to go back, Cass? Look, if Dean is right about Tessa, Cass says, no, I, uh, I do. I just give me a second. And he walks ahead of Sam. <clears throat> Sam, uh, noticing some writing on the wall, shines a flashlight on it. He reads out loud, only the penitent man shall pass. Cass, wait. Uh, and Cass drops to his knees just in time to avoid two huge splitting so spinning saw blades, <laughs> which spring out of the wall about neck height. <laughs> I can't. I just, I can't spit it out. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> incapable. I'm trying my best, okay? You're doing uh, good. All right. Uh. It's funny, the spitting saw blades. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> Okay, so um, Cass and Sam both carefully walk around the blades. Sam says, the last crusade. Uh, so we cut to Dean sitting across from Tessa at the table. Hannah is standing to the side of them. Dean says, okay, let's start with an easy one. Who are you working for? Tessa says, Castiel. Hannah says, liar. Tessa says, people like you, they never understand. Sacrifices have to be made. Dean says, so you go after one of the bad guys, and if a few humans get microwaved, no big deal, right? Tessa says, in the grand scheme, they don't matter. Dean says, oh, Tessa, you are so wrong. Tessa says, when Castile came to me and told me what I had to do, he said I was chosen because I was strong. Others, they couldn't handle this. They're too weak. And then she looks over at Hannah, which pisses Hannah right off. Uh, <laughs> Hannah leaps at Tessa. And catfight. <laughs> I know. I'm rooting for Hannah. I have, like, kind of a girl crush on that actress. She's beautiful, and I really love her character. Not that I don't like Tessa, because I do, but... Um, yeah. But she's a little brainwashed right now, and don't like mm -hmm. that. Okay. Um, so, Dean puts his arm up to stop her. Uh, we're talking about Hannah. He grabs her shoulders and shoves her out the door into the hallway. He steps out uh, and closes the door behind him. He says, settle down. Hannah says, "Is do you think she's telling the truth? Dean says, she thinks she is. So I cut to Sam and Cass rounding a corner, and there is a door in front of them with light glowing from inside. Cass says, Sam, we found it. Sam says, what? Cass says, it's the door to heaven. Sam says, seriously? Uh, he probably doesn't say it like that, but I like that. <laughs> he probably says, seriously? <laughs> Cass says, what else would Metatron... so put out that they found the door. <laughs> Cass says, what else would Metatron go to such lengths to protect? I can hear it. It's calling to me, Sam. If we control this door, we can take the fight to Metatron. We may not even to fight at all. Sam says, Cass, wait. Uh, but Cass opens the door, and it is filled with lame party decorations. Uh, like Sam a prom. 
It is like a prom. I think they're even playing Lady in Red, which reminds me of that episode where the alien is slow dancing with a guy who gets probed over and over. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the song. Yeah, I the think song that's like one of the interesting facts. That song specifically. Oh, I hope so. I love that song. What it, what episode it said that yeah. I don't know. There I was some tie into another episode though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was that one. Um, okay. Um, brum, brum, brum. Sam walks over to a table and reads from a card. It says, "Welcome to your own personal heaven, Castiel. Good luck finding the real one." Cass says, "But why?" <laughs> He's so put up. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> uh, Sam turns around to talk to Cass, but, uh, but he sees a badly burned man leaning against the wall next to the door. Cass leans down next to the man and says, it's Josiah. He reeks of holy oil. Sam notices an empty bucket of holy oil hanging up over the door. He says, yeah, looks like he got home alone. Cass says, so all of this, it was a lie. Uh, Josiah suddenly jerks awake and grabs Cass's wrist. Josiah says, supposed to be here. Gate. He told me. After Ezra, he told me I should come to him. Metatron told me that I could go home. I just wanted to go home. Cass goes to heal him and says, here, let me. But Josiah says, no, I would rather die than owe my life to you, Castiel. You play it being noble. You play it being one of us. But I look into your eyes and I don't see an angel staring back at me. Cass looks like totally bewildered, and then Josoa, Josiah, <laughs> uh, just dies. His eyes like weirdly roll back in his head, and he dies. And like I don't know that we've seen an angel die like that, so a little bit of questions there. But I okay. was expecting there to be like light flashing, light, right? or like some sort of like different, you know, like because every time they've died that we've seen, they kind of like explode. So like, yeah, there is some sort of light thing happening you know but yeah his eyes just roll back i don't know <laughs> so we cut to dean going back into the room where tessa is by himself tessa says where's your friend dean says just you and me now let's talk about us i mean we got history yeah tessa says sure i still remember our meat our meat cute you are dying dean says good times here's the deal i like you tess okay for an angel but tell me why are you doing this Tessa says, Castiel. Dean says, no, forget Cass. Why are you doing this? What would make a person want to pop their top, huh? I mean, look, I've been in bad shape. I have, but I have never been that damn low. Tessa says, I guess I just can't take the screaming. Dean says, who's screaming? Tessa he's says, like, do you have voices in your head? Because <laughs> I don't think that, yeah. you know, he's like, I don't, that, is that an angel thing? You know? like, <laughs> yep. Tessa says, all of them, the lost souls, the ones that can't get into heaven now that it's been boarded up. I hear them. They're so confused. They're in so much pain. All I want to do is help them. It's what I do. It's my job. But I can't. So I suffered. Until death, nothingness, suddenly it didn't seem so bad. It seemed quiet. Dean says, so why don't you just jam an angel blade into your throat and call it a day? Tessa says, I thought about it but I was too weak till Castiel gave me a reason to die. Dean says, yeah, see, that just doesn't sound like the cast I know. Tessa says, but doesn't it though? And the cast, you know, would he raise an army of angels without telling you? Cause this cast did. I'll tell you a secret. There's more out there like me. So many more. Dean says, you got names? Tessa said, 
Tessa says, that would ruin all the fun. Dean says, no. Now, see, the fun's just getting started. And then Dean pulls out the first blade from his jacket very slowly. Tessa is shocked when she sees it. She says, Dean, what have you done? Dean says, what I had to. Tessa says, welcome to the club. And then Tessa pulls Dean towards her very quickly and impales herself on the blade. I almost said on the Impala. That's weird. (laughs) I don't know what's happening. That would be a pretty big hole. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Tessa pulls Dean forward quickly and impales herself on the blade in Dean's hand. Uh, Dean is shocked. She says, thank you. And then she dies with a bright light. Uh, Hannah and some other angels burst into the room, and we see that Dean is really feeling a high from using the blade to kill somebody. Uh, He's buzzing a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we cut to sometime later. Dean is handcuffed to a chair in the warded room. He has duct tape over his mouth, and his nose is bleeding. Hannah opens the door, and Cass and Sam bust in. Hannah says, he put up a fight. Cass says, get out. Sam goes quickly over to Dean and rips off the duct tape. Dean says, ugh. You should have seen the other ten guys. <laughs> okay, Dean. Come at me, bro. <laughs> I know, right, really. Uh, Cass says, they said you killed Tessa. Dean says, not so much. She knifed herself. Uh, Sam removes Dean's handcuffs and says, yeah? Why would she do that, Dean? Dean says, I don't know, Sam. She was saying all kinds of crap. Sam says, so that's why you brought out the first blade? Dean says, they told you about that, huh? Sam mm-hmm. says, we had a deal. Dean says, yeah, well, it was a stupid deal. Sam says, really? Because if you'd stuck to it, Tessa would still be alive. Without her, we ain't got Jack. Dean says, yeah, you think I don't know that? You think I wanted that to happen? Sam says, I don't know, Dean. Did you? Cass says, all right, that's enough. Stop it. Hannah opens the door and says, Commander, I'm sorry, but you have a call from Metatron. So Cass and the boys walk into the war room as Metatron waits on a video call. Metatron says, Castiel, bet you're not happy to see me. Dean says, is anyone ever? <laughs> I like that. Metatron, that strong? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Metatron says, Dean, always with the B-grade 80s action movie wit. Sam says, what do you want, Metatron? Metatron says, just to tell Astiel there that I'm still alive. His bomber failed. <laughs> really? Because Astiel. <laughs> I know. Astiel sounds somewhat... You know, with the possibility of future sex in the name, you're just meta douche, which is just, you know, cleaning out a vagina. So fuck off. Okay. <laughs> sorry about that. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Cass says, my bomber. Metatron says, the crazy guy. Big knife. Club Louie. No, that's what he says. He says, Club Louie. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. But Gadriel is wounded, and Tyrus, R.I.P. His followers are not your biggest fans, by the way. They've all come over to my team. Cass says, I didn't send anyone to kill you. Metatron says, oh, stop lying, Castiel. Cass says, who are you to lecture me on lying? Your deception led to the fall. Metatron says, I did what I had to do. I have always done what I have to do for God and for the angels. Dean says, sure, yeah, your Mother Teresa with a neck beard. <laughs> Metatron says I do kind of like sassy Dean in this episode like I, I he's kind of being a dick but pointed at the right person it's great <laughs> it is. yeah I agree 
Uh, Metatron says, what I did was neither good nor bad. It was necessary. A small hardship to make us all stronger, to make us a family again. Sam says, yeah, except for the angels, you had Gadriel kill. Metatron says, okay, yes, maybe I got a little carried away at first, but those days are over. A near-death experience makes you reevaluate. So, one time only, I'm offering amnesty. Every angel, no matter what their sin, may join me and return to heaven. I will be their god, and they can be my heavenly host. Hannah says, why would we follow you? Metatron says, well, look around. You've seen Earth. You've had a taste of free will. I gotta ask you, do you like it? I mean, the way you flocked off to follow Castiel tells me you need someone, or you need to follow someone. It's in your DNA. But Cass, he's not what you think he is. He sends angels out to die. Have you told them about your stolen grace, Castiel? How it's fading away? And when it burns out, so will you? Cass looks very uncomfortable. He <laughs> Meta- a little constipated, not gonna yep. lie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Metatron <laughs> says, so no then. I'm not the best, but I'm the best you've got. You want to stay with Castiel? Fine. But he's playing you. Because at the end of the day, the only thing he cares about is himself and the Hardy Boys there. You've got a choice to make. Make the right one. And then Metatron ends the video call. Cass turns to the angels and says, he's lying. Hannah says, about the grace? Cass says, it's complicated. (laughs) Hannah says, so he wasn't lying. Cass says, he was about everything else. He, you believe me, don't you? Hannah says, I want to believe you, but I, uh, we need proof. Hannah, or Cass says, name it. Hannah points to Dean and says, punish him. Dean says, what? <laughs> Hannah says, he murdered Tess. He broke our rules. Dean says, y'all can go to hell. So Dean turns to leave, but is restrained by some angels. Cass says, Dean. Sam tries to go to Dean's aid, but also gets restrained. Sam says, hey, wait a sec. Hannah says, you gave us order, Castiel, and we give you our trust. Don't lose it over one man. She hands an angel blade to Cass and says, this is justice. Cass takes the blade and holds it as he considers. And Dean kind of stares at him in shock that he's considering. Cass has like a big internal struggle, but then decides. He says, no, I can't. So Hannah says, goodbye, Castiel. And all the angels quietly leave the war room, leaving Dean, Cass, and Sam standing there alone. So we cut to Metatron entering his office, talking on the phone. Gadriel waits in one of the chairs. Metatron on the phone says, you're right. There is no other side. Well, welcome aboard. And then he hangs up and says to Gadriel, well, the first of Castile's flock has come around. The rest will follow. Gadriel says, you should have told me what our elite unit was for. Metatron says, why? It was none of your business. Gadriel says, Tessa, Constantine, I recruited them. And you brainwashed them into blowing themselves up. Metatron says, so? Well, that's an old writer's trick. Flipping the script. You start by building up a seemingly unbeatable enemy, like the Death Star, or a rival angel with a bigger army. That way, I look like the underdog. But then, oh no, the competition gets greedy. He starts pushing things too much, with the help of my combustible double agents. And then, after a rousing speech, his true weakness is revealed. He's in love with humanity. And now, I'm inevitable. Gadriel says, what about Josiah? Metatron says, hmm, he was a loose end. I told him where the gate was before we moved it. I just, was, I just wish Cass had walked into one of those traps. Anyway, point is, while everyone else is playing checkers, I'm playing Monopoly. And I always build a hotel on the boardwalk. 
and I always win. Gadriel is super pissed. He's got, a, I just want to say, he's got like a really yummy mad face. I don't know if you saw that jawline, but damn. For who? For Cass? Gadriel. Oh, Gadriel. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like his anger face. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, so uh, we cut to Cass, Sam, and Dean going into the bunker. Sam says, so, Dean, uh, are we going to talk about this or what? Dean says, about what? Yeah, I lied, but you were being an infant. Sam says, wow, even for you, that apology sucked. <laughs> Dean says, oh, I'm not apologizing. I'm telling you how it's going to be. Sam says, Dean, that blade. Dean says, that blade's the only thing that can kill Metatron, and I'm the only one who can use it. So from here on out, I'm calling the shots. Capiche? Look, until I jam that blade through that douchebag's heart, we are not a team. This is a dictatorship. Now, you don't have to like it, but that's how it's going to be. Sam looks big mad, and Dean goes <laughs> up the stairs and sits down across from Cass at a table. Dean says, so, batteries. Cass says, I'm fine. Dean says, no, you're not. How long you got? Cass says, long enough to destroy Metatron, I hope, but without an army. Dean says, well, hey, you still got us. Cass says, Dean, those bombers, you don't really think that I... Dean says, Cass, you just gave up an entire army for one guy. No, there's no way that you blew those people away. Cass says, you really believe we three will be enough? Dean says, we always have been. Then Sam shouts, guys, and everyone sees that Gadriel has entered the bunker. They all approach him. Gadriel says, I'm not here to fight. I thought about what you said. You're right. Metatron, he's something needs to be done. Sam says, and why should we trust you? Gadriel says, because I can give him to you. I know where Metatron is. I know everything. I know the bombers. They were his agents, not yours. You don't trust me? Fine. I understand. I've made mistakes, but haven't you? Haven't we all? At least give me a chance. Uh, Sam and Dean exchange a look. Dean steps forward and extends his left hand to shake Gadriel's, which I was like, why are you left hand in it, dude? Um, yep. But I immediately I went, oh, left hand. Uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but as soon as Gadriel touches Dean's hand, Dean yanks the first blade out of his jacket and slashes Gadriel across the chest. Uh, white light starts to shine out of his wound. Sam and Dean, uh, no, that's not right. Sam and Cass uh, rush over to Dean and hold him back. Uh, Gadriel falls kind of heavily against a pillar. Um, and Dean is like snarling and struggling to get at Gadriel. And it is terrifying. And well, it was really Sorry, I got credit. Sorry, you can talk. Go. I was going to say, literally in the captions, it says, like, he's, like, roaring, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can see, I've never seen him look that that out of control with anger. We've seen him, we've probably seen him that angry, but it was like, he just truly had no control over it. You know what I mean? He yeah. was completely taken over by yeah. this, you know, blade lust or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> And now credits. <laughs> and credits. <laughs> okay, so my first thought. Yeah? Did Metatron steal a trench coat from Castiel? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. He has more than one trench coat. Did he go and buy it at the store? Did he procure one with his angel powers that looked exactly like Castiel's? Like... Also, why was he doing a fashion show with it, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you did kind of get the sense that he hadn't tried it on before. You know what I mean? I, 
Otherwise, why would he be, you know, montaging? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah, that's montaging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mo you're right. I, <laughs> I don't think he stole it from Cass. I, I'm always under the impression that Cass has one coat at a time. I don't know why. Um, yeah. I guess my brain is like, oh, if you're going to have a bunch of coats, they're probably all going to be a little bit different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't see him having like four that are exactly the same. I mean, maybe. I mean, that's totally I mean, a possibility, but I've always he's just, a creature in my mind, of habit, if nothing else. Like he might yeah. just be like, this is my new trench coat and buy eight of them. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess I just always assumed he just has one at a time and that's it. But you're right. It that's kind of what I assumed too. Yeah. But, yeah. I think that just my opinion I think that Metatron went and got one. Um, I don't know how. Maybe he stole it. Yeah. Whatever. With his angelness, you know. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he was like, okay, like, this is the one that looks like his. I'm going to hurry home. And then when no one's looking, I'm going to try it on and see if I look, you know, Castiel cute. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. Well, and I mean, later in the episode, they figure out that like, oh, well, you know, Metatron was basically disguising himself as Cass and like telling That's these true. angels to do things. So like, it kind of, to me, seems like maybe he like made himself somehow one that looked exactly like Cass's. So then that way he could like be convincing or I don't know, you know? Like, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So. Interesting. Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah. if you like, can't even do things on your own, if you have to pretend to be other people to, like, get things done, like... That should tell you something. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> he truly know. is, like, the villain that I hate the most and in this yeah. series. And that's saying something. Especially having gotten to the end of the series, you realize just how douchey someone your big bad really is right oh and just still in hate general, there's more. others yeah. that are pretty douchey too you know like, absolutely still hate this guy the most now of course i love the actor so not yeah. trying to he he acted this in the right way to as yeah you know to make everyone hate him like you're supposed to so okay yeah. not trying to disrespect the guy but like oh but no. damn i hate him like yeah oh like the actor just, hate the character yeah god he just he does it so well I remember feeling this way about, like, Zachariah, you know what I mean, at first. Huh. And then I meet Metatron, and I'm like, oh, no, Zachariah is fucking awesome. Like, I compared don't hate Compared to Metatron, even, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, compared to Metatron. I don't hate Zachariah even half as much as I hate Metatron. Like, I think Zachariah is kind of quirky now, you yeah. know? Like, so, anyway, I don't remember why we're talking about this, but. <laughs> Something to do with a trench coat. I don't remember yeah. how we got it. Yeah, it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> We're good. Um, also, another thing about Metatron, because, like, I'm going to write this way for a second. Yeah. Um, why is he so convinced that he's a good writer? Because, like, hear me out. He never actually came up with his own material. He just wrote down what God told him to write down. Well, and he did say to Gadriel, I don't think in this episode, but maybe the last or one before, like, steal from the best. Yeah. He said that. Like, that's what he thinks He's writing is. plagiarizing. <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, he is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why he thinks that. I don't know that he necessarily, that, has he said that he's a good writer? I think he enjoys it. I think he enjoys the ability to manipulate everyone into doing well, what thing, he's doing like, he through thinks, his writing. I don't but, think he's doing, like, yeah, I don't think he thinks he's, like, a good writer necessarily, but he thinks he's 
doing a good job at manipulating people by his writing. So, I mean, I guess in that way he would think that he's doing a good job at writing. But, like, he's, like, got a very, very high opinion of himself, which, like, drives me up the wall, you know? Yeah, that's that's part of the reason he's so easy to despise. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. It's, like, all of a sudden, so you've never written anything in your life. And now all of a sudden, <laughs> other than what somebody else has told you to write, you know, right. and now all of a sudden you're going to like come up with your own thing and like you think you're good at it just because before you were able to write down words, even though you didn't put them together yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's some skewed logic. Maybe that's yeah. just like weirdly angel logic. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he's the angel that's like the least angely, but also in the same sense, kind of like the most, you know, because he truly like. Like, he thinks he gets it, but he truly doesn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Which is almost kind of like, you know, that's just sad, you know? (laughs) All of it is sad, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. But anyways, so um, (laughs) also, I had a snarky thought slash comment. I don't know. So I, like, in my notes, I was like, so heaven is supposed to be prom-like? But then I was like, let's be real. It's... Like, whose heaven would be prom? And then I was like, you know what? Somebody who peaked in high school. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's whose heaven would be prom. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is kind of not related, but kind of. Um, I was watching um, last night the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Um, yes, we all know that Joss Whedon is now problematic, but I grew up with that movie I think the first time I watched it, was like 10 or 11. And like, to me, that's what high school was going to be like, right? And when when prom happened, you better believe that I was really fucking disappointed that like vampires didn't come in and storm the place. And <laughs> like and prom wise, and I didn't have to have a showdown with like Pee Wee Herman and Rucker Hauer. Like, I was disappointed. <laughs> so, um Ooh. I just, that's what I thought prom was going to be like, and I was excited about it. Um, um, I did not peak in high school, shockingly. So, <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> I now. I think but, I did either. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I'm not really sure when I, I don't. You're not sure I didn't peak in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I, I mean, did I, 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 yeah, I can see some people that I'm, like, Facebook friends with now that I see did peak in high school and, like, <laughs> desperately cling to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's not you or me for sure. Yeah. No, I feel like some people that I, yeah, I could see where there's a couple of people still that I'm friends with on Facebook that like, you peaked, you know, like, well, in their minds, they, they haven't think that realized that, was, that you're not in high school yet, you know, yeah, like, like in their mind, that was like the good old days, like the best time, you know what I mean? And they yeah. are kind of stuck in that ishness I don't know how to say yeah. that right but yeah yeah that, that's <laughs> yeah you can I mean like I, I'm not going to any of my reunions like I'm good you know I want to just to like people watch because that's the best form of people watching when you like know people's background but you yeah. haven't seen them in a long time and like what happened to you how'd you get here what'd you do that you know like okay you know like and I'm like curious to see like okay who are the people that you know you thought would be like you know, kind of like the timid, like not very social people that are all of a sudden like super popular or like, mm-hmm. you know, like that sort of stuff, you know, yeah. just to, like, see how I would enjoy do. like 
watching a live stream of that. You know what I mean? Or being a fly yeah. on the wall. Sure. I don't yeah. want to actually have to interact with anybody in that situation. It would be yeah. fascinating to see for sure, but I don't huh. want to be there doing it too. Dude, uh-huh. if you go take me with you, it'll be amazing. <laughs> okay, but I'm not going to go. Like I'm still avoiding some boys and I I'm good. The people I, I care about I, I, I will go like listen to it, be like I don't want this person to talk to me. Be like, "Hey, incoming." And I'll be like, "Um, back off, sir." You know? <laughs> That's amazing. You want Thank nothing you. to do with you here. Glad to see you're still alive. Move right along, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. If I decide that that's a situation I can handle with the proper amount of Xanax, you can come and be my date. You set me on people. <laughs> It'll be so good. <laughs> Especially because they're going to be like, who's this little twerp over here? <laughs> I'll be like, this is my wife. What? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be fun. Okay. Leave me alone. Don't talk to me like you know me. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Okay. <laughs> and then if vampires could storm the reunion, then it'd be perfect. It'd be like everything I ever wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <coughs> Maybe I'll have to hire a flash mob. Aw. <coughs> <laughs> 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 okay. That'd be pretty funny. Yep. <laughs> have a bunch of people and they're like fake teeth come out and like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make you watch that movie. I think you would highly enjoy it. It is so funny on purpose. Not because yeah. it's campy. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's got like Donald Sutherland as like the watcher, you know? I feel Who's, like I know the name, but I don't know. Who yeah. That that's Kiefer's dad. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I know of that name too, but yeah. No, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> and then it's got like Buffy is Christy Swanson, who you'll, okay. you'll recognize when you see her. Um, and then Luke Perry, who's so young and hot, David Arquette, and um, Hillary Swank is in it as like a mean Valley girl. So funny. I know of Hillary Swank. Like I have a face that comes into my mind. What was the other one? David Arquette. Luke no, Perry. No, no, no. Luke Perry. Yeah. Luke yeah, he Perry, was in like, Yeah. yeah. I would Archie's like at least dad. recognize him. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's dreamy. And he's like the love interest. You know what I mean? And there's yeah. faces you'll recognize. I mean, like Ben Affleck has like a moment before he was big, okay. you know, like yeah. you'll, you'll see people be like, oh, yeah. but um, yeah. it was so, <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah, it is so funny. So funny. I think you'll, you'll enjoy it in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, At some it's point. ridiculous. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Next time you come over, I'm gonna be like, Hey, <laughs> hey let's this. have some shots and let's watch this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. We were, really went in a weird direction there it's fine <laughs> okay weird is kind of what we're here for so that's true. <laughs> yeah. um so what was your favorite moment from this episode okay well there were a few moments as I was reading that I was like oh this could be my favorite moment this could be my favorite moment um and I only remember one so I'm gonna go with that um <laughs> I on the flip side I I truly hated you know like I said before, all of Dean's aggression in this episode was just over the top ridiculous. And it pissed me off. And I realized that he's supposed to be that way, being influenced by the mark. But God, yeah. I just wanted someone to make him go unconscious and shut the fuck up. You I know? know, like, just, you know, of all the times for a head injury. You know? 
Yeah, of all the times for a head injury, this is the time, you know? I know, like, yeah. take off his helmet, you know? <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, but so the one moment that I did enjoy that I remember was uh, Sam and Cass outside of the, you know, the warded building with the fake mm-hmm. heaven portal inside and uh-huh. and the uh, the riddle, you know? Like, why did why was Seven afraid of Nine, right? Or what? Did I say that right? Why, why was I Nine afraid of seven? seven? Yeah. And that whole exchange was hysterical. Like, and I see that on like memes all the time. Well, because it's a prime number and those are intimidating. And like, yeah, yeah they are intimidating. Uh huh. And then Sam was just like, dude, like, because seven, eight, nine, dirt. <laughs> like, yeah. We learned this in first grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I just thought that was really funny. So, anyway, yeah. Yeah. what was your favorite moment? Um, mine was like that. It was like that whole thing where like, you know, Cass is like, step aside, I got this. And he's like, (laughs) throwing himself at the door and just like, bouncing off like a ping pong ball. And he's like, going and like grabbing the door handle and like, shake, 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 like, oh, (laughs) I thought I knew things. And I thought I could do this, you know, and he's like, getting real pissed off about it. And he's just like, so disappointed, like, I don't have this. And then the whole like, trying to figure out the door and like, when he's like, I'm very pop culture savvy now. Once he like had <laughs> yeah, a Lord of the Rings, like, but he's just like, I can redeem myself in this moment because I know something, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, I got a reference good. I wouldn't have gotten before, so points for me, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like, I don't think that Cass has ever even explained how that happened to him to Sam and Dean either. I, I don't know if he ever does. Later. Okay, because I was like, because they're both still like, you know what that means? What? You know, and yeah. he's just like, yeah, I get it. Hmm. Yeah. 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 And they're just kind of like, hold on, what? You know, like, what are yeah. you doing in your spare time? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, been watching Lord of the Rings or something. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think they do talk about that later from what I remember. Because okay. I think there is a point. Granted, I could totally be wrong. But I think there is a point that, like, they're like, how do you, like, know all these things now? And he's like, oh, well, this is what happened. You know, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But. I could be wrong, too, but that just, like, in my mind seems like something that happened <laughs> at some mm-hmm. point, so. Yeah. I don't really know, yeah. but. I have a, a side note. Um, this mm-hmm. is nothing to do with that episode that we're talking about at all, uh, but seems to be the right place. Um, <laughs> so I have been listening to um, the the official Supernatural podcast with Rob and Rich, you know, mm-hmm. where they're going through every episode and reviewing it with, like, the actors in the episode or mm-hmm. even actors not in the episode that are coming later or, you know, mm-hmm. with the, the crew making it and the producers and everybody, you know. Um, yeah. It's so interesting. I would recommend it to everybody. Um, I think it's, you know, it's hysterical in that way that you're used to Robin Rich being at conventions, you know. So that's always a good time. But mm-hmm. like they're, I, I'm listening. They just started the second season. I think they're still like currently recording the second season. Maybe they're at the end of it. Um, Mm -hmm. but anyways, sometimes, so they're watching it for the first time. They have not watched it from the beginning. So they're seeing like the, like first season and second season for the first time. And they Mm -hmm. have some questions for each other, um, that we know the answer to. Yeah. um, Because we've seen the episode that explains it or Mm -hmm. it's been answered, you know, wherever in whatever form by people, you know, okay. 
Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, if the actor wasn't in that episode or they weren't in that season, yeah. then they wouldn't know, you know? They wouldn't, you know? And they're like, you know, all the information I have about this episode is just, you know, talk about it at cons. For instance, Bugs, you know, they're like, yeah. I've never seen this, but like, it's a famous one. Everyone's like, uh, you know, about this yeah. episode. So I can't give you like a, a real example of what they don't understand that they're talking about. But like, yeah. I was listening to it with Eric and they're, they're like asking each other a question about this and like, you know, theorizing. And I'm like, well, they got that totally wrong. Like, <laughs> like, like that is, that is not what John Winchester was thinking at that one moment. You know, like, yeah. he was like this. I'm like, I know that. And Eric's just like, wow. Like, <laughs> comment right down, Lynn. And I'm like, well, I can't. <laughs> I'm like, I have a podcast about this. And I, I know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's a little frustrating, but like, I know that they will get to that answer because it's explained yeah. later, but it's so, it's so weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just are kind of a. Are they doing episode per episode or are they? There are. Yeah. It's pretty oh, interesting. Okay. You would I like it. You told me at one point that they were only doing like popular episodes or something. That's what I thought. I That's what I had heard originally. Um, and oh. then they came out with more like promotions about it and it was like episode by episode. So. Oh. Yeah. So, which is good. I'm glad because yeah. it'll be fun, you know, yeah. to see what they think about every episode is super fun. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyways, I'm only going to be able to listen to that once we are done with our podcast or else I'm, I'm going to second guess everything. Uh, <laughs> I, I was worried about that too. And that's why I waited so long to start listening. But like they're in season one. That's not going to affect what I'm saying now in season nine. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No. So if yeah. they catch up, which I don't see how they can to yeah. us, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. then I will stop and wait. You're going to be doing this for years, just like we Yeah, are. exactly. Probably yeah. more consistently. So they might get it done faster. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, but I, I don't yeah. think they're going to catch up. So that's why I was like, yeah, it's not going to affect, you know, what I'm saying about current episodes because they're so yeah. far behind, you know, so. No, I'm talking more about like the format than like. Oh, yeah, no, their format, their format is different. You know, there are some things that are the same. There are a lot of supernatural podcasts and they're all kind of, you know, some are more similar than others, you know. Um, But no, it's not. Yeah, I think we're pretty stuck in our ways. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of theirs, half of theirs is, you know, their guest stars talking about their side of it whether it's like the the guy who works on the photography or the guy who cuts it together after it's all shot or or the Mm -hmm. actor you know what I mean like it's real cool so yeah so there's no I I do want to listen to it at some point I just like maybe I just need to like get over myself and just like listen to one and just like not be so much like I'm an idiot you know (laughs) oh no 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 it didn't make me feel yeah it didn't make me feel like that. I was worried about that too. I was like, I'm going to just like hate everything I'm saying. Ugh. But no, it was, it was fine. Yeah. And honestly, it made me feel like I know more than you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously they know way more than me, but at this one moment, I know they things don't. they know yeah. about episodes. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> anyway. Okay. <laughs> My point was that uh, everyone should listen to it because it is funny in the way you want it to be and informative. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But if you're like, hey, I only have room for one podcast about Supernatural in my life, you should stick with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, That's just saying. <laughs> we can put that out there. We like you. So. Okay. So for our interesting facts for today, um, or this week, I guess. <laughs> so apparently today, I don't know. Um, so it says, keeping in line with the running rock star gag, um, Castiel introduces Sam and Dean to the local police as Agent Spears and Aguilera, which is funny because... I would not see them as rock stars. I would say pop stars. 
Well, I don't think he said rock stars in the episode, if I remember. He, I think he just no, said popular is, musicians, something like that. Yeah, it wasn't, like, no, specific he, to rock. Yeah. yeah like, he never he made did. that connection. Yeah. He just, um, he said, like, popular musicians, but in he, in this fact, it says the rock star thing. Okay. Um, Which, I mean, like, okay, fair, but, like, I don't know if I would agree that Spears and Aguilera are rock stars i would say they are definitely pop stars for sure yes. yeah no i would say they are popular musicians especially at the time when yeah. this aired i mean it's you know they're not super popular now i mean for us because we went through their really yeah. popular times they yeah. you know will remain that status in our heads but like oh, yeah you know yeah yeah but also yeah. they do a fair amount of like actors too. You know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. so I mean I yeah, they do more musicians. That's I true. would say it's more musicians for yeah. sure, but like yeah, Every there's other people then. in there, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um so it says in the bowling alley, uh Tyrus calls Metatron a nerd. Um it's a reference to the actor's role in Revenge of the Nerds from nineteen eighty four. Um, it says, uh, the test that Sam and Cass pass in the warehouse hallway, only a penitent man shall pass, is from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade from 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, uh, Dean said to Sam, a hockey stick that can kill anything, um, in the bunker is likely a reference to the movie Dogma from 1999, which also has the character Metatron. Um, not this same Metatron, but a character named Metatron. Um, I love that movie with such a passion. Like, <laughs> I've I, never even heard of it. I would probably stick that in my like top, I don't know, maybe 10, definitely 15 movies I've yeah. ever seen. It is yeah. hysterical. It is a very classic Kevin Smith movie, um, which I love. So we're talking, you know, Silent Bob. So Jay and Silent Bob, who are, you know, beloved characters of mine growing up. Um, okay. <laughs> just total like Jay is like a super foul mouth. Just no, like everything out of his mouth is slightly offensive in a yeah. great way. Um, and Silent Bob, guess what? Silent. Okay, doesn't yeah. say much. Go um, but, but played by Kevin Smith, you know who makes mm. these movies. And um, so this so Dogma is about two angels played by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, mm-hmm. um, who. What happens? Dear God, it's been a while. They um, they want to... No, I don't remember. They kidnap? No. I don't remember. Now I have to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's hysterical and bloody. Alanis Morissette is God. Um, Metatron <clears throat> is played by... Metatron's a very good guy in this movie. And he's played by... Um, Oh, come on. Alan Rickman, who plays Severus Snape, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and he's lovely. He. This is a role that he just, like, shines in. There's a poop monster. There's Selma oh, no. Hayek dresses a little stripper. It's so good. It's so good. You're going you're gonna to love it. We're going to watch it. Um, yeah, you're going to like it. You're going to like it. <laughs> okay. It's so funny. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. You know, it, it was a problem, a problematic movie, because it's, um, it's not like anti-religion or or Christianity, but it does like kind of go into, like it doesn't question it, but like, I'm not explaining it right. I know you're (laughs) religious. It's not going to offend you. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's all. I think I made it sound a little offensive and it's, it's not. You're, yeah, you're good. Eh. I'm going to shut up. We're going to watch it. You'll see what I mean. At this point, like, (laughs) I, 
I, I wouldn't say I've heard everything yet, but, like, I've heard most things, and, like... I mean, it covers issues of, like, abortion, stuff yeah. like that. That's, you know, women's rights, so, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. They well, make a... Yeah. yeah, I'll just, I'll leave it alone. If you're, like, uber religious, then that could be a problem. Yes, yes, but, so I yeah. would say that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. which one? Okay. Um, so it says uh, the name of the episode is also a song by Led Zeppelin from their fourth album. Doesn't say what their fourth album is, but it's from their fourth album. <laughs> okay, I couldn't tell you. Whoever wrote album. that, good job. Kind <laughs> of. <laughs> um. So it says there's um references t- um to the Clash combat rock. Um, it says, when Sam and Dean are looking for one of the mole angels, they pull up an ID for one named Sean Flynn. Um, this is a song title in The Clash's Combat Rock. Okay. That was kind of a weird, yeah. That was <laughs> weirdly written, but okay, yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> so it says, uh, in the car right before the bowling alley scene, um, Sam and Castiel are talking. Uh, Castiel says, I'm not trying to play God. I'm just trying to get my people home. And then Sam gives him an odd look. Um, Castiel's goal is reminiscent of Moses leading the Israelites through the wilderness to home to the promised land in the Old Testament. Hmm. I mean, I could see that. Um, I don't know how they went from there. I don't know. Anyway. Um, (laughs) Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it says uh, Sam suggests uh, saving the first blade for the only the big boss bad guys. Um, he's referring to the title given to the bigger, more difficult to defeat monsters one has to defeat at the end of each level in most video games. <laughs> yes, that is true. Which I mean, okay, fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says um, Sam tells Castiel that his followers look at him as if he is part rock star, part L. Ron. Um, he is referring to L. Ron Hubbard, um, an American science fiction writer who founded the Church of Scientology in 1953 after his 1950 book Dianetic or er, Dianetics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not right. Dianetics, uh, the modern science of mental health, became popular. Um, this book basically became the Church of Scientology's Bible. Um, Scientology is considered by many to be a cult, which is the point Sam was trying to make to Castiel, that his faction of angels was starting to look and function like a cult. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, <laughs> as a former bookseller selling L. Ron Hubbard's books, mm-hmm. um, you know, he made Scientology a religion because someone bet him that he couldn't. So I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. That's why it's a mm-hmm. thing. Because he didn't want a bet. So yeah. Yeah. That was that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Make like, a cult because you can. Yeah. <laughs> also, I mean, you hear, you know, from some celebrities who used to be a Scientologist. So, mm-hmm. You know, some of their practices are very problematic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that if they weren't, it might not be so publicly criticized. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know enough about it to have a, a major opinion other than, you know, it just seems like a way to get money. <laughs> but, yeah. you know. Oh, I definitely. So I there's a thing on Netflix right now. Um that's hosted by uh, Leah Remini and some other guy that I don't remember his name and I have never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, cause she used to be into Scientology right? and they are basically, 
the word that I'm looking for is not investigating, interviewing um, people that have gotten out of the Church of Scientology and like what they had to do and like mm-hmm. why they left and all that sort of stuff. And I've only seen one episode um, and it was interesting, but the lady was basically like, yeah, like there is like a lot of violence, a lot of threats, like she literally had to like get off of the compound in somebody's trunk that they happened to park in an area that like there wasn't a camera. So she was able to like go and get in their trunk without them knowing and like, you know, have them drive her off. And like, that was her escape. That's how she got out because she couldn't get out other than that, you know, like, oh my God, that's like, checkpoints and everything where they're like okay like once you're leaving coming in it sounds like they kind of like okay like uh, are you good you know that sort of stuff but Mm -hmm. um that's pretty insane I did not know that was a thing oh yeah I did not yeah and like crazy I guess once she so the episode hadn't even aired yet but they put this in the footage of her episode like they basically sent her like cease and desist letters basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) like because and this is like it hadn't even been aired yet but somehow they knew that she was interviewing to like spill the beans about them and they were like um we're gonna come after you if you don't you know and like she was like getting followed from place to place you know like Mm -hmm. How would they even know, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, that's you know. that's pretty intense. I, I didn't really, you know, when I was younger, I didn't really know about it, you know, before I started yeah. working at Barnes & Noble and, you know what I mean? Like, not yeah. that I learned a lot, but a little bit, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, yeah. as you have people asking for books yeah. about that or, um, you know, or just L. Ron Hubbard's books in general, you mm-hmm. know, do you want his fiction or mm-hmm. do you want his Scientology, what do you, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. But, like, I remember um, when, um, you know, Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes were, like, having their first kid or only kid, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, all this, all the stuff that came out around that, like, how she had to have a silent birth to not, um, you know, they believe that if you made any noise during while you were giving birth, um, that would negatively affect the baby. You know what I mean? So huh. can you imagine? Like, that was a big deal. And that's when it first kind of, I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of fucked up. Like, yeah, can like, you imagine, like, not being able to make any noise so that you don't distress the baby? Like, like, sorry, sir, I am also in distress. <laughs> like, all of it. I was just like, wow, that's pretty controlling. And that was, like, the first I really heard about that. Like, and yeah, yeah they don't, they don't treat their women well, of course. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't know. Not a fan. Not a fan. No. And I don't, very little do I know about it. And, and Oh, I still don't know that much. But just from what I've watched from that, like, one episode, I was like, what? You know, like, I don't really know what they believe. But I do know, like, kind of some of their practices, mm-hmm. which is, you know, like, okay. You know, like, I guess it's for some people, but not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, the whole thing is, is batshit. And I just can't take it seriously, you know, just knowing yeah. that that author you know what I mean like started it based on a bet author. You know? yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah like okay like can you do this I wonder if I can get away with this I'm gonna do it you know like <laughs> yeah not, and now yeah. there's like compounds that people can't escape from so there's that <laughs> uh, maybe we should have done that for our research <laughs> I know right <laughs> <laughs> okay well I don't want to I don't really 
want that in my search history. I'm fine with searching for all sorts of stuff, but like that, not so much. <laughs> Demon, uh, demons, everything like that we've looked at, but like Scientology, crossing the line. Yeah, yeah like, can't do that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Um, okay, so it says, uh, the song playing in Metatron's trick room called Castiel's Personal Heaven is the same song that the demon Alistair um, sings while being tortured by Dean in the season four episode on the head of a pin. That's not what I remember at all. No, that's not right. I remember yeah. him singing a song and it wasn't that. And I remember you reading the interesting fact about what the song was and me saying something like, I've never heard that song before. I don't know what that is. Like, I real specifically remember this. And it yeah. is the song that they play in the episode Tall Tales with the trickster, with the alien dancing. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I remember talking about that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for yeah. sure. I was like, I think that's in there somewhere, but I don't know. I mean, like, this is just... Somebody probably remembered it wrong oh, and wrote sure. it in the interesting facts of like, yeah. this is what it is. And it's like, actually, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I take that song very seriously, just so you know. So that's why it's so, <laughs> so should I report this comment? <laughs> no, it's well, I mean, yeah, no, it's wrong. It's the wrong info, yo. Yeah. Okay, if you wrote that comment, I, I understand that you've just made an honest mistake, but you don't fuck around with that song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like, how do you? <laughs> oh, I have to like sign in. Oh yeah, you probably have to have an account. That's all right. It's not. Which I don't. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> um, so last one. It says uh, the scene in the bowling alley may be a tongue-in-cheek reference to the children's myth that says thunder and lightning comes from the sounds of angels bowling in heaven, which I heard a lot growing up. Oh, I never heard that at all. I was even like, what the fuck are they talking about? Okay. Yeah. 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 So like. Which I thought was kind of funny. Like, oh, we'll make you a bowling alley in heavy, heaven. And I'm like, I thought they were already bowling. You know? <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, no, I, never, I never heard that. Huh. Oh, yeah. That was like, that must just be what they like tell kids sometimes when they're like freaked out about thunder and lightning. Oh, it's the angels bowling in heaven. That's why it's so loud. And it's a good thing, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Fine. But Oh, I was going to ask you, and I didn't. I should have just in the moment when I read it. But like Metatron was talking to... Gadriel and um, he said something to Gadriel like you know what they say about sins and stones and I did not understand that reference what does that referring to do you know is that like a religious saying I mean so <laughs> the look on your face was just amazing yes there is <laughs> so I'm trying there's like I mean there's a bunch of like stone references sure but like the, like don't throw like stones in a glass house sort of thing but the one that I'm thinking of it is like so in the Bible, there's an instance where, like, somebody's basically getting stoned. And, mm -hmm. like, I don't remember who it was. Was it Jesus? Was it somebody else? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember. And I should probably know this, but I don't. It's let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Oh, okay. Yes. I, I do know that. Okay. Yeah. My brain did not pull that out of the muck yeah. for some reason. And I was like, what does this mean? But, yes, yes, that's a very, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that many times. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that's that. Um, right. So our research um, <laughs> is on a bowling alley that's haunted because <laughs> we can. <laughs> and not only is it a bowling alley that's haunted, but it's local to Washington, which yeah. is, of course, where we are. And, and then uh, Puyallup. And yeah, so and if you like, would like to see said bowling alley and you are also in Washington, um, 
Go to Daffodil Bowl. I've been there a few times. You have? Ooh, maybe oh, we yeah. should go. We should, like, meet there. It's like, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, it's not exactly between us, but, I mean, you know. the last, I don't even know how many times, I mean, other than, like, Acme's the other big one, that they're the one that do, like, black lights and stuff, right? Is it Acme? I have no idea. I've only, like, the only, like, fancy one I've been to is the one in Tequila, and I don't know if that's Acme or not. You know what I'm talking I think about? That, like, I think that's Acme. Okay, yeah. Um, Daffodil is, like... It's a little old, it's a little rough, but, like, yeah. that's the one that I've been to the most. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we should go. Killian wants to go bowling. Yeah. We were, we were like, about to go bowling. We were, like, driving to the bowling alley, and mm-hmm. then we, it was, so it was, like, right before quarantine happened, and Eric mm-hmm. and I were like, you know, you probably don't sanitize those balls. Maybe oh, we yeah, should no. wait till after COVID, you know, so, like, in a month. They need a ball washer. They totally need a ball washer. Anywho. Okay. Yep. All right. Tell me about this haunted bowling alley. So, so this is off of uh, king5.com. Um, and it says, haunting on lane one, Puyallup Bowling Alley has a ghost that keeps on rolling. <laughs> I like it. Um, it says, Daffodil Bowl has been around since the 1950s. Um, its owner says, due to pandemic closures, they've been able to experience things they believe must be paranormal. This is in... It was January of 2021 that this article was written. So, like, okay. somewhat recently. Yeah. Um, so, it says, Daffodil Bowl in Puyallup um, has been around since the 1950s. Brad Swartz took over ownership nearly three years ago and has recently learned uh, something rather curious about his bowling alley. <laughs> um, the previous owners of 22 years never mentioned that this place is known to have a ghost, said Swartz. Uh, Swartz works alongside his daughter, Ashley, and said during the pandemic closure, they have been able to personally confirm the rumors of paranormal activity on their lanes. Both were quick to say it's not something they've seen, but what they've consistently heard. Um, Ashley said that as often as every 15 minutes, they can hear the distinct sound of a bowling ball being thrown down the lane. (laughs) Oh, my God. Every 15 minutes. That's pretty intense. Yeah, like somebody's bowling away. Like during the daytime also? I it mean, must be, right? I would or they so. would be like open only at night. At night. Yeah. So, well, I don't see why if they were closed down, why they wouldn't be doing work during the day instead of at nighttime. Yeah, you're oh. right. That's so interesting. Huh. Um, so it says, for the first time in decades, the bowling alley is nearly silent, and that makes the sound of a lone bowler more noticeable. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, after mentioning uh, what they had been hearing to employees, it became clear that they were the last to know about their friendly ghost that refuses to leave Daffodil Bowl. Um, Swartz said just about every employee has a story or two about strange noises and occasional sightings like bowling shoes flying off the shelves or cooking mm. utensils dropping from the walls in the kitchen. Uh. Um, an employee named Corey said that uh, she's been working at the bowling alley for over 30 years and confirmed she's had some personal encounters. He comes up behind me and says my name. Sometimes he turns on the pin setters in the back as a way of letting me know he's there and to have a good day or something, said Corey. <laughs> well, at least she doesn't feel threatened. That's good. I, mean, I guess that. Yeah. Um, it says the identity of this seemingly friendly ghost is a minor dispute. Uh, many believe it's the spirit of a former, former loyal customer who died of a heart attack and died on lane one. That's where we usually hear the sound of a ball rolling, lane one, said Swartz. 
Um, Daffodil mechanic Larry Davidson has been on the job for more than a decade and said he has seen and heard many things he has accepted as paranormal. I've seen figures hunched over these machines. I've seen a dark figure walking to the back of the lanes when I'm the only one here at night and the doors are locked, said Davidson. Uh. Um, Davidson said he believes the ghost is actually a former mechanic who had his very or had his very job for a long time before his passing. Um, That mechanic lived in a house that's just across the parking lot until the home was torn down last summer. Um, whether it's a former mechanic or the loyal boiler, (laughs) loyal bowler, that's hard, um, (laughs) who frequented the lanes, everyone seems to agree that it's not a scary haunting. (laughs) They've even named the ghost Daffodil Dawn to honor his presence. Oh, that's nice. Um, It says, Swartz said the bowling alley hasn't been closed for more than a day in decades, so it's possible the ghost has always been there, but it's never been calm enough to notice. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, right? Um, I just think he doesn't want to stop bowling, laughed Swartz. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Daffodil Bowl. We're going to go. I thought it used to be called, like, Daffodil Lanes or something like that, but... Huh. I think it was Daffodil Lanes, maybe, at some point. I don't know. Daffodil Bowl. I don't know. I just remember the daffodil, and it's got, like, a big, like, neon daffodil in the front. Yeah, I have not heard of it before. Although, I yeah. don't really go to Puyallup, yeah. I mean, like, I don't go to Puyallup either, but, like, every time I went bowling, like, that's where we went bowling pretty much as a kid, so. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Well, it sounds cool. I definitely want to go. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll go. That's fine. I'll go bowling. We'll go and I, we'll take a picture there. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, no. I I, uh, I think my highest score is 100, and that included bumpers. So <laughs> that's how good I am. <laughs> I have discovered that the heavier the bowling ball you have, the better. Especially if you're one to just kind of, like, throw it and chuck it as hard as you can. You can aim it a little better if it's heavier. Okay. Because... You have, like, you're not just, like, throwing it and it's going, like, too far in one direction, you know? And that's me. Like, I just throw it as hard as I can because I figure it's got to get there fast, right? So, like, I, like, try and aim it, but then it always ends up in the gutter because I, like, can't really aim it. And so the heavier it is, the more it, like, slows it down for me. (laughs) I don't actually think I've bowled since I hurt my back. And I wonder if I can. I mean, yeah, I hurt my back when I was like, what, 22? So like, yeah. that was a long time ago. Yeah. So like, I wonder. I mean, maybe start with a lighter it. one then and just yeah. like, throw it hard and see what happens. You I've know? definitely been to bowling alleys and just like, you know, drank, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, and socialized. But like, I don't think I've actually tried bowling since then for that reason. So yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, hey. Yeah. We can try it. Yeah, and I definitely want Killian to do that, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. We should go. Take yeah. pictures. We'll post them. Be like, look, we're here. It's haunted. <laughs> we did it. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so what was your Ijidurasa moment from this week? Uh, okay, so I know I told you some weeks ago about how I creeped out that couple at Killian's Karate Dojo for asking, you know, the guy what kind of cologne he wore. Um, <laughs> So, um, I recently, very recently, uh, creeped out one of the senseis at the dojo. <laughs> um, so Killian did a couple weeks of day camp there, um, over the summer. And, uh, one morning I was dropping him off and, um, 
I had to pee. So I was like, you know, the, one of the senseis was there, you know, that I had to like sign Killian into whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is it okay if I use your, your restroom real quick? And he's like, oh yeah. So I go in the bathroom. Okay. That place smelled amazing. And let me just tell you, I've been in that bathroom like a hundred times. Okay. <laughs> it never smells like anything except for what a bathroom smells like. Like it's never like funky yeah. in there. You know, they clean yeah, it Yeah, it doesn't smell nothing. bad, but it doesn't smell good. It's just it about... Yeah. yeah, it never smells like cleaning chemicals or cologne or anything. You know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't smell dirty, so I know they clean it frequently. But, like, okay. Yeah. I go in there, and it smells like it smells like amazing man cologne with, like, a slight undertone, maybe, of, like, cedar-scented cleaner. Maybe. Yeah. It was delicious. I was <laughs> like, I got in there, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> I'm thinking, hey, what, you know, one of the other senseis maybe sprayed their cologne in there. Maybe they put on deodorant. Maybe it's just a really strong deodorant. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Possibly maybe this is spray on deodorant. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is one of their cleaners. But, like, I've never smelled cleaner that smelled like cologne before. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, maybe it's just a weird mix of the two. I don't know. I'm going to ask. Right? <laughs> so yeah. I go out back. I go back out to the sensei, and I'm like, hey, like, uh, your bathroom smells really good. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, did, did someone spray cologne in there? Or is that one of your cleaners? And he's just looking at me like I'm an idiot. Like, he's not even responding. He's just got this look on his face like, like what? What <laughs> is the matter with you? And, and so then in those moments, you know, of course I babble on, right? So <laughs> I'm like, I would be really, really stoked. Like either way, like I don't care if my husband smells like that or my bathroom, but like I just want something to smell like that because it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> he continues to stare at me. <laughs> oh fuck. He finally says, I think it's the cleaner. I'm not sure. And I was like, okay, well, sorry to be creepy. Uh, have a good day. Bye. And then I ran away to my. <laughs> Oh, God. Must I continue to creep out everybody there? Here's the thing, though. Like, that's not a creepy situation. Like, I don't know why he would have reacted that way. Like, either he would have been like, oh, yeah, that's like, oh, yeah, I sprayed cologne in there, or somebody sprayed cologne in there, or somebody just cleaned the back. Like, that's not like... Okay, speak, man. I know you have a voice. Like, use (laughs) it. I don't know. I mean, it was early. I've had conversations with him, and he's not, you know, he's a real normal conversationalist you know what I mean (laughs) so like I just really took that as like I'm being super creepy by going on about how delicious your bathroom smells and yeah maybe that's a little weird okay but I think I was clear about why I wanted to know yeah I don't know you went sniffing things at that dojo man (laughs) I've learned my lesson now you know I I can no longer comment on the things I smell in there so (laughs) That's third time is not always the charm. Hey, maybe the third time would be the charm, and somebody would just like give you a straight answer and be like, "Oh yeah, what's this? Okay, thank you for actually having a conversation with me." Like to me, those aren't things that are like weird. I didn't like, think it so might either. take you off guard, but it's not like a weird conversation to have. Like I've had conversations like that with like, can I remember any of them specifically? No, but I know I've yeah. had conversations about that. Like oh, like this, you know, like your perfume smells really good, or like oh, like what yeah. sort of cologne or whatever like are you wearing like it smells really good and people like oh it's this you know like yeah that's not a weird conversation to have so like I don't know why people it's not like, yeah but maybe with the bathroom thing I mean I don't think I came off that crazy about it I started out with you know your bathroom smells great what is it you know yeah. like if it's a cologne I want to make it you know I want my husband to smell like that and if it's cleaner 
I want yeah. everything I clean to smell like that. <laughs> like, you know? yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. I must have just come off sounding like a crazy person, which, you know, is not that weird for me, really. So, you know, it just must have been one of those moments. I don't know. I, I, to me, that just seems like normal conversation that they just aren't getting a hold of, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a easy to talk to guy you know like I said I've had conversations with him before it's not it's not weird or awkward so you know that just leaves it being me being weird and awkward I don't know I wouldn't take it as that necessarily but eh, okay well I haven't spoken to him since so (laughs) and he has definitely given me some strange looks since so that's not that weird of a thing maybe he just like thought like maybe he he was the one that sprayed something in there and didn't want to admit that he was the one that sprayed it in there because he wasn't supposed to or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I I don't know. Anyway, I, I just, I like, so like now, like I'm not going to make eye contact with him and like, <laughs> I'm just not going to talk about smelling anything in that building ever again. So <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> all good. Yep. What was your issue or aspect moment? Okay, so I was a big legit when we were on our vacation because, you know, like, so it was fun. We went to Jersey Shore. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize how much stronger the sun was going to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've made that mistake in Hawaii for sure. Like, it was, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they're not that much, like, that much farther down I don't really know, to be honest, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Like, honestly, I have no idea where I was, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I understand. I know I was in New Jersey, but that's about it, you know? I don't know where New Jersey is. I know it's on the East Coast. (laughs) (laughs) About an hour and a half, maybe two hours away from, like, Philly area. So, you know. Eh, you know, <laughs> yeah. But no, honestly, that that whole area is a jumble in my brain. Like, I can't really. Yeah. I can point to a couple things, but like a couple, and yeah. uh, I, and I certainly don't know where something is in relation to me when I'm there. Yeah. Um, and Eric, I'm always like, where's this? Where's this? And he just like rolls his eyes at me. Like, dude, you were born and raised there. Of course, you know what's around you, just as I know what's around me. But like, yeah. I didn't study, like, in depth that part of the country after the age of, like, eight, you know? So, I'm sorry. There's a U.S. history at some point in high school, and, like, that's it. (laughs) And most of that was about, like, Civil War, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I mean, I I remember in elementary school, like, studying, you know, exactly what was where. Like, that was something we did, you know, Mm -hmm. in social studies or whatever. But, like, actually memorizing a map, you know? Yeah, but, like, yeah, Yeah. I don't, I didn't retain that. And, you know, we can just Google it. So, yeah, like, why do I need to have it memorized? (laughs) Yeah, I know. We probably sound super stupid, but whatever. Sorry, there's a lot of there's a lot. I would expect that anybody from the East Coast who's never been over to the West Coast to be like, oh, where's you know, uh, Seattle versus Portland versus you know like Boise versus I mean like anything in the general corner ish, you know like I wouldn't expect them to know where all that was because like you know you're not from here so that's you get a pass. But (laughs) but yeah, so like I did not realize how um much stronger the sun was going to be. Also, I forgot that I had not really been out in the sun yet. (laughs) And so, like, the first day we're there at the beach, it was fun. We were hanging out. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give myself, like, I don't know, like, 20 minutes or so. And, like, Mm -hmm. 
get some like little bit of like color and then like really SPF myself and like that way I don't like burn more than that but just like you know do that okay uh uh bad bad plan like I I, I'm about as white as Casper, so, like, <laughs> you can, like, see through me most of the time. Like, uh-huh. right now I have a little bit of a tan, but, like, yeah. my tan line is, like, white and then, like, vaguely not white, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. But, like, yeah, I totally burned my chest and, like, shoulders. The rest of me got a little bit pink and stuff throughout the week, fine. But, like, and I was, like, SPF. 50ing myself like multiple yeah. times and like reapplying and like okay fine but like it was too late at that point yeah <laughs> and so you know I'm like mostly bright red by the end of the week it was like wasn't hurting anymore still a little red still a little tan whatever mm-hmm. so like that like a week later week and a half later we were doing something outside some sort of something that made me sweat I think we were doing some sort of yard worker I don't remember anyway I was sweating Mm -hmm. and like I you know cool off I go inside and I look at my chest and I realize I've got all of these little blisters all over my chest right and not even blisters it was my skin had like was at the point where it was about to peel but Mm -hmm. like hadn't yet and like all of the sweat was like trapped between like my skin and like the old skin that was gonna come oh up. my god that's so weird I have never so seen weird. that and I was like oh god you know like ew ew you know and so I'm like showering and trying to like scrub everything off yeah. and like wasn't really working and then for like a good three or four days because the sweat had like lifted all the skin all at once like <laughs> I was just like peeling and gross and like I still have a tan like it doesn't just peel and go away and like I'm not colorful anymore like I I am colorful I mean for me at this point (laughs) yeah (laughs) not colorful compared to literally anybody else but I'm (laughs) um but yeah like I was a big old legit and like (laughs) burned myself to quite pink and then proceeded to uh sweat off my tan (laughs) I just didn't even know that was the thing that was gonna that could happen that it would get between your skin that hadn't yet peeled off like I've had it happen before but never was I that sweaty at the right time you know and so like I was I was sweating we were doing some sort of like I don't know maybe working in the vegetable garden like honestly I couldn't even tell you what we were doing but we were doing something that required sweat and <laughs> like yeah at, like sweat enough to where I like lifted the skin and I felt like a big old idiot for having like sweat blisters on my body and like <laughs> burning myself to begin with and then also having to like then peel everything off to try and like get rid of the sweat blisters and like yeah it was gross so oh. after nobody actually wanted to hear about that <laughs> I did <laughs> yeah that that I, I was an idiot <laughs> <laughs> I, I truly did not know that that was a thing that could happen like in my brain like you're either not peeling or you are and your sweat is on top of the peel or you're peeling and it's where you peel I don't know I just I never even have considered that before that's so interesting I did not yeah. know that was a thing your body could do like that Well, because basically your I mean your skin like kind of separates and comes off right to peel yeah, it and does. so yeah. like 
it was it had like separated but like not completely yet like I hadn't actually started peeling it was like the t- the point where you're like okay my skin is like dry and I can tell that it's dry and I know it's probably gonna peel but it hasn't done it yet and like apparently this kickstarted the process <laughs> that is but, wild I'm gonna ask Eric if that's happened to him because I okay like I, you know I'm Asian like I have peeled twice maybe yeah you know what I mean like I I I didn't really use a lot of sunscreen growing up I'm sure I'm gonna die of skin cancer and regret that but like you know not really but like you know like yeah I mean I'm way more likely to have skin cancer problems than probably you but that's (laughs) because I'm so pasty white and have burned myself quite a bit (laughs) yeah like I you know I mean, I get, I get checked by my dermatologist, blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah, like I definitely sunscreen now, but I, that's a sort of a, a newer thing for me, you know, to mm-hmm. do that. Um, but yeah, I, I tan, I've definitely burned, but it's very light. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not even really, I think I had a slightly, you know, irritating sunburn like one time and yeah. it didn't like, I mean, yeah, nothing. Well, cause so, you're just going to get darker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like- I, I, yeah. So like yeah, it's never that's just really never happened. I've I have mm-hmm. peeled a little bit, but like yeah, but Eric, you know, Eric's just as white as you, like you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's a big sunburner. Yeah, he's out <laughs> he's on the sun for like five minutes, and you can tell, like yeah, you're pink, man. Like, I'm not <laughs> that bad, but I definitely like I don't know, and at least with me, like I I'm kind of like the in between burner, you know, like. Yeah. I, some people just like burn and peel and that's it. And then they're white again. Like for that's me, yeah. I can burn myself a little bit and I don't always peel if it's yeah. bad enough. I do, but then I'm like tan underneath still, you know, and I do like, I do tan, but mm-hmm. I have to like do it gradually or like, you know, peel in the process. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. You know what happened to me the other day? I went to, I was at a, on a play date mm-hmm. and we went to a park and um, it was the morning. It was like, I don't know, we met at like 1030 or something. And mm-hmm. um, the sun was kind of, you know, coming at me from one side. We just, Me and this other mom, we just kind of posted it in one spot while the kids played on this playground. We didn't mm-hmm. really move. So the sun was just, you know, we were there for like an hour and a half or whatever. And the sun was just kind of, you know, basically in the same spot in relation mm-hmm. to us. And, yeah. uh, you know, okay, it wasn't even, I mean, it was the morning. So it wasn't even like horrifically hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, okay, later that day I was uh, hanging out in flip-flops. I was so... When at this play date, I was wearing, um, let's just like slip on shoes, right? So you could mm-hmm. see like the top of my foot and like my ankle and everything, mm-hmm. okay? So later that day, hours later, it's scandalous. I, I know, I know, you can see my ankle bone. Uh, I went, uh, yeah, so I was hanging out in flip flops and I'm looking at my leg and my ankle, like where the bone is and the top of my foot, literally looks black, okay? Not black, but like dark yeah. gray, like did you rub charcoal on you? Like, I was like, Oh, my ankle's dirty. Like, and I got a wet wipe and I was trying to wipe it off and like nothing was changing. And I was like, Eric, I, what is that? A, is that a tan? Like, <laughs> what is that? Like, and it wasn't on my other side. And I realized like, that's the side that was facing the sun for that moment, you know, those, that hour and a half. Yeah. And I was like, this does not look healthy. Like what? Am I okay? Like it ain't right. You know, like, <laughs> This is not okay looking. Like, uh, and I was, I was genuinely concerned. I was like, I don't think skin that is this color to start with should ever be that color. Yeah, <laughs> like this isn't right. Something's not right. 
Yeah. And then like a couple days later, it just was like normal tan. And I was like, okay, body, like, what, what are you doing? Happened? Yeah. Like, do I, I was just totally perplexed, but I don't think I'm doing it anymore. This was like last week. Hold on. I got to look at my ankle. Yeah. It's way darker brown, but it's brown. It's not like, you know, black tinged. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. What? You charge yourself a little bit, apparently. <laughs> it didn't hurt. It never it never hurt. It never peeled or anything. Like, it just yeah. kind of faded into, like, a nice tan. Huh. So, okay, body. Like, don't do that. Like, it just looked like dirt. And just on your ankle? I'm sure that's yeah. not, like, well, the only short that got sun, right? Yeah. I mean, like, my face was obviously out and about and didn't do that. Yeah. You know, like, the side of my face that was you know, towards the sun, like, my arm didn't do that, like, my leg, I was wearing shorts, didn't do that, yeah. I wonder if it was just because your ankle was dry, and it just kind of, like, looked. I don't know, like, I had lotions, you know, like, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't dry, it, it didn't have that kind of, like, ashy whiteness that you would expect yeah. with dry skin, on my skin, anyway, that's what dry skin looks like, so, yeah, yeah, I don't know, it was super fucking weird, but, I mean, I'm glad huh. it didn't stay that way, <laughs> yeah, like, I guess I'm going to wear socks for the rest of my life. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Nope, I shall never see my ankle again. <laughs> yeah, I was like, if this lasts for like 20, yeah, this lasts for 24 hours, I guess I have to do some Googling. But like, it didn't, so. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's that. No, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sorry. No one no one cared about my, my weird black ankle. But um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.